Welcome to the Juicer Podcast, a podcast that interviews students at CS Arts, USC, and beyond. Your host, Arjun Lakshman, will talk to students about their major, conservatory, extracurricular activities, musicals that they have been in, music that they've produced, personal lives, and much, much more. And with that, I hope you enjoy today's episode. Everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Juicer Podcast, where we blend talent and creativity. Season two is now in action. I've left high school, I'm now in college, and I have found a fellow college freshman, uh, Mitch Kirby. I'm saying that right, right? Yes, you are. That's perfect. All right, awesome. Mitch, how are you, my friend? I'm doing great. How are you doing, buddy? I'm good. I'm doing really, really good. Uh, we're what, seven seven weeks just about seven weeks in. Yeah, yeah seven weeks in wow it is it's quite the journey i'll say that much feels like i've been here forever yeah it really has it really has because we started what in like mid-august yeah i think i moved in the 14th mm. and then today is we're recording this on the 11th of october yes so yeah that's been it's been seven weeks uh, seven weeks of hard training on my end, at least. Cause... Oh no, it's it's been it's been tough. Don't don't get me wrong. We've had some good nights here and there, some good days, some great people, but it's a lot of work. It's well, hundred percent, yeah. And for those of you wondering, uh, Mitch and I are at USC, so uh, yes, that's sir. that's kind of crazy. I didn't think it would be this place, but here we are. And uh, yeah, I'm currently pursuing a bachelor of fine arts in musical theater. Uh, very, very, very hectic schedule. I pretty much don't have any free time except during the weekends. But, you know, I'm loving it. I'm enjoying life right now. And what what major are you, Mitch? I'm environmental engineering in Viterbi. Yes. Tell me. Tell me about it. So it's – it's I, I'm loving it so far. A lot of it right now is – I'm taking 18 credits this semester. How, much are you, how many are you taking? Uh, 18 as well. Okay. Yeah. So we're on the same page with that. Uh a lot of it is just like the normal like prerequisite classes, like I'm in Calc and Chem. I have like my introduction to environmental engineering, um, a writing class, uh, but a lot of it's just like your basic freshman classes so far. I don't have any uh, general educations yet. That's going to be next semester. I'm enjoying it though. The topic's great. It's something I'm really passionate about, sustainability and uh, environmental engineering. Um, I grew up, you know, always outdoors and like building Legos. I don't know about you, but like Legos were a huge part of my childhood. So. Oh, 100%. 100%. I, I mean, used to... childhood, I still build them now. I don't know. Oh, yeah. Saying. 100%. Yeah, man. I used to bother my parents, especially because like we had a target like really close. Crazy to think we have a target close to where we live as well. But I remember I would always ask my parents, hey, could I get the new Star Wars Lego set? Oh, those are the best. The Star Wars Legos? Like, those those were those are amazing. They're so expensive. Why I, are they so the the big ones especially? The, I'm pretty sure like what is it? The Death Star is like I don't know upwards of four hundred dollars. I think no, those are nuts now. I mean even nowadays like they've increased significantly. Like if you go on like their website, like they're they're nuts now. Oh yeah, it's it's quite crazy. I I haven't built. I need to build more Legos. A lot of kids nowadays like I have a little brother who's going to eighth grade like. He, like, just missed, like, he wasn't really that big into them. Like, he, like, when he was, when I was in third grade, I got an iPad. So he is five years younger than me. So he was, like, preschool, kindergarten type age. Um, so, like, it's so different. Like, you know, watching people grow up with, like, having that technology in their life. Like, 
his his childhood and his friends like significantly different than us, even though they're only five years apart. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? Oh no, hundred percent. Yeah. The thing is that like, I think because now being you know an adult essentially, I'm kind of remembering how many like non-technology objects that I used to you know mess adult. around with and have. Oh fun. my god, yeah. we're adults. I know we're. Well, you're what, 18, 19? Yeah, I'll be 19 in January. How about that? Yeah, I'm, not, I'm 19 right now. Okay, yeah. Yeah, so it's crazy. And it's weird to, this is kind of a non sequitur, but do you have any cousins? Yeah, yeah. I have a lot of, uh, on my parental side, I have a lot of a lot of cousins. That's cool. That's cool. Are you the eldest or kind of like middle? or On my mom's side, I'm the oldest of five cousins, but I'm like, Unlike my parental side, I I'm like one of the younger of like I don't even know how many like first cousins like probably like around ten but like it's expansive so I have no I don't know all of them but I but wish yeah. I knew what that was like because both both of my parents are older siblings okay so naturally all of my cousins are like much much younger and the worst well not worse I shouldn't say worse but the thing about that is that like both of my parents have like a giant age gap between both of their siblings. So naturally, all of my cousins are younger than me. And it feels weird, like, for them to look up to me, like, as a role model, because I had so many issues back then. <laughs> yeah, you're the role model. You're the, you're kind of like my, my older cousins. Like, a lot of them are, like, in their 30s and stuff. Oh. So, like, like there's a pretty significant age gap. Um, and, like, some of them already, like, live. I was like, I my one cousin. He lives in Japan right now. Um, he teaches English over there. My other cousin... Um, he lives in North Carolina. So it's like they're already like spreading out, you know what I mean? Uh-huh. It's kinda like it's kinda gonna be like that, uh that pretty much for you. You know, yeah. What I mean? like yeah. you're gonna be that that older cousin. Mm-hmm. I hope that like when we're older we're closer, if that makes any sense. You and your cousins? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I get that. Because I I I would see them at the holidays like when I was younger. Um and you know, it was great because I mean like they're, they're, some of them are like there's but there was like some of them were only like 10 years older than me and, and stuff like that but um actually that's kind of crazy wait i'm almost 20 so 10 years older than me is 30 that's nuts yeah <laughs> um, that's scary um no but I, I i definitely i would say like i've like talked to them more now that i'm older like you know what I mean? mm-hmm. yeah i think i didn't appreciate them as much as i do now because like when i was younger i used to hate people who are younger than me because I hated loud sounds. There's an explanation for it. There's an explanation for it. I hated loud sounds growing up. Like, I literally would cry when I would hear, like, a train go by. Okay. And now I, like, for most of high school, I use train to get to places. Oh, really? Yeah. Uh, my high school, California School of the Arts, uh, we used the gold line. So I would often, like, uh, go from Duarte to, like, let's say Pasadena or Altadena and it was very, very convenient, but like the sound that the train made going past at a very young age that really did not like. Oh, wow. Okay. So like I, so I'm from Scranton, Pennsylvania and I have, it's kind of like a smaller town. There's like 70,000 people. And like in my backyard, pretty much like right behind my house, there's about like two blocks and there's, there's a, a train track. So I'm very familiar with like a traditional train sound. Oh. Yeah, because that's always going by behind my house. Because uh, Scranton, like, big railroad place with all the coal, like, used to be a huge coal area 100 years ago. And, like, uh-huh. there's a lot of railroad infrastructure. And, like, 
Yeah, no, that if you grew up at my house like all the time, like you'll be like just chilling in your room and you'll hear the train chugging along two blocks behind. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's so you're used to that. Yeah, it's like not as frequent, definitely, like probably not as, as loud as like a downtown train. Like, I don't even know if that's like I've I mean, I've gone I'm two hours from New York, so like I go to New York sometimes and I've taken like the subway and stuff there, but like. Taking to school and stuff like that's that's a, that's a whole different world to me because I'm in like kind of like a small city, like I would drive like under five minutes to school, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. So that's a whole different concept. Uh huh. When did you move? When did you move here? Well, I just moved here for um, for school. I'm I'm gonna still a permanent resident of Pennsylvania. Oh, so you went? So you we're talking like middle school, high school? Yeah, no, my home's still in Pennsylvania. I mean, one day I'm I, I don't know. That's always been a topic of an interest. I'm sure I brought it up before about like thinking about moving out here, um, maybe after college. I don't know though. I'm getting such a diff. Like the I've never been on the West Coast before until I came out here. Really? Yeah. When I visited in May, <laughs> I I did not visit the school until after I got in. So like. Mm. I had no. I put my deposit down, and totally committed here without knowing what, what it was going to be. Yeah, like, yeah. It? No, it was really a shot in the dark. That's really. That's really. I respect the confidence, though. I'm glad it worked out the way it did. Let's just put it that way. I like when I was little, like probably seventh grade going forward. I like. I don't know about you, but like all the YouTubers and like people that I watched like online, like they were all from California. Oh no! Yeah, no. That because that's where LA is, and LA is just full of influencers. And, like, that's, like, all I had was this spectacular image of L.A., like, growing up. And, like, it's just, I love Scranton. Like, don't get me wrong. Like, I I wouldn't – like, being here is giving me such perspective. Like, I can't wait to go home and, like, see all my friends at Christmas. I'm not going home for Thanksgiving. I'm here, but I'll be there for uh, Christmas. But I, I think it's definitely different than what I thought it was like in some good ways and in some bad. Like – I love it out here. Like I'm having a great time, especially now that it's getting to be freezing at home. Um, it was kind of warm today though. It's like October is like the month is just so hit or miss with weather. It'll be like four. Oh yeah, you clear, you clearly have not lived in California for that. Uh-uh. Much. Oh no, it's like literally like that all the time. Like sometimes it'll be really cold, and then like literally a couple hours later, it'll be the the sun will be out and it'll be blazing hot. Like, it makes absolutely no sense. The rain here whatsoever. is nice, though. Like, when oh, I'm it is. cold here, yeah. like, I could still wear shorts and t-shirt. If you're cold in Pennsylvania, like, you have a parka on and sweatpants and gloves on. Like, my mom called me the other day, and uh, she was like, it's 45 degrees here. And, like, you're wearing coats and stuff. But, like, here, I, I'm adjusting. Like, well, we've been here, like, what? Close to, like, maybe, like, 70-ish days? I said week seven of school. We've been here a little bit longer. Um, 70 days, and... I mean, today, what was it? It was 70 degrees outside. I had a quarter zip on. Like, I'm like, uh-huh. I'm, I'm changing, and I don't know how to feel about it. Like, when I go home in December, I'm going to get smacked in the face by that cold front, you know? Oh, yeah. It's, you're not going to. Make sure to wear a jacket. <laughs> yeah, I don't even have any packed. I'm going to have to get them at my house. Really? Yeah, no, I didn't bring any in one pose of hair. I brought, like, a couple quarter zips, sweatshirt. Yeah, I guess in California, you don't really need to bring any, like, super... Yeah. Like long sleeve shirts or like pants. The only reason I wear like sweatpants is because one, I don't really like showing off my legs, and two, I dance a lot. So I can't really, I don't really like think you we wouldn't wear pants to like a dance class. Oh really? Well, like I'm talking like jeans or but like how about shorts? Pants. Well, you could, but I just don't want. 
That's fair enough. I don't know. You take dance classes? I know a lot of people that take dance classes here, actually. Oh, it's part of our curriculum. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, I know. For musical theater, every single oh, that makes sense. day, five days a week, you get dance in the morning. So you get uh, ballet, Monday and Wednesday, jazz, Tuesday, Thursday, and then Friday, you get kind of like an old-timey, old-fashioned uh, dance class on things like vaudeville. And then literally 10 minutes after that, you go straight to African dance. Oh, wow. That's a, you're getting a whole broad association of dances. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's a very, very busy, very busy schedule. And the next, literally what it's doing is it's preparing us for when we perform in shows the following year. So what they do is your freshman year, they recommend that you don't audition for anything. And you're not allowed to audition for the main stage productions. You can still audition for like the productions that are like put on by students because sometimes students will like put on productions of their own. For example, like one of my friends, uh, Nema, she's uh, directing. Do you know the musical Once on this Island? No, I don't. Tell me about it. I don't really know anything about it. I don't really know that much about it. <laughs> All I know is that she's directing it. I know, like, I only know one song from it, and that's because it's, like, become famous within the realm of musical theater. Okay. And that's uh, Mama Will Provide. Like, and it's a fun, catchy song, but, like, other than that, I don't know anything else about it. All I know is that it's an all-black musical, so that's great. I love musicals like that. More representation. Hell Yeah. Uh, but that that's it. So I'm going in clean without not knowing anything about it. But you yes. know, one of my friends is putting it on, so oh, that's really cool. support. I was like really shocked when people were telling me about all like the kind of student productions that like people could put on. Like I don't remember the names, but like someone was telling me I think you were also mentioning something along these lines too about like the, the film productions that they put on. Oh yeah, yeah. I'm actually uh, one of the production assistants for one of them. One of them is called After Class. It was put on by uh, one of my friends uh, who actually went to the same high school as me and now goes here. Her name is Noelle. Shout out, Noelle. She's uh, directing this film called After Class, which I want to spoil too much, so I won't. I'll tell you about it once we stop. Filming. Sounds good. Sorry, audience, but you'll have to watch it yourself. Anyway, um, where was I going with this? Right, filming. Um Essentially, I, she reached out to me and said, hey, I heard you're coming to USC. Would you like to uh, be part of the team? And I said, yeah, sure. Why not? So I've been helping them film like with sound, with lighting, with kind of making sure the setting and the atmosphere is perfect for the shot. And it's a great experience because I get to know what it's like to work behind the camera and in the future what it will be like to work in front of the camera. So is that like where the route you want to go down? Like you want to work in production? Um, I want to work in everything that is related to it. So theater, television, film, everything. That's awesome. Yeah. I want to be well-rounded because unfortunately, I, I mean, you just can't live off of being in Broadway productions because they just don't make you enough money to sustain a career. Like, so like if you could do whatever you want, would you go into Broadway? Is that like what you... Oh, 100%. Yeah, yeah. Like my dream is to move out to New York and uh, live in an apartment and just kind of book tours and book uh, Broadway shows and maybe be in a few films. But I'm not looking to live in uh, like a mansion or anything like that. If 
I end up booking a TV show that blows up like maybe a Stranger Things or like a, a Never Have I Ever or any of the wide variety of shows that you know are famous within the world. I'm fine with literally just going from place to place and performing in front of people. So can you explain to me like book? Like what is, what is that? I've never heard that term before in regards to like a show. So like when you're booking it, like it, what does that term mean? A uh, book means that you are signing. Essentially what that means is that you are kind of signing with the creative team of that show. You are landing a role, you are signing a contract and you are obligated to that show for usually it's a year. Sometimes it could be less. Sometimes it could be more. It depends on if they need you for more time or if you yourself decide, Hey, I want to move to something else. Maybe I'll do another show. And it's basically, you're constantly auditioning, auditioning. You're constantly doing something. You're either taking classes, you're teaching classes, you're in a show, you're directing a show, you're maybe doing like the lighting, you're the soundboard operator, you're all this sorts of stuff. And it's kind of a never ending cycle, but you get to do something new each time if you want. That's, that's, no, that's definitely ideal to not be stuck doing like the same thing like, yeah. constantly. Yeah. I agree with that. I mean, that's definitely why like I chose like engineering for right now because like it's definitely an area where you can like go abroad and like kind of just like branch out and do a bunch of different things. You know what I mean? Like I don't want to be stuck doing the same thing. Yeah. Well, tell me about environmental science. Why? So uh, like a lot in high school, I did a lot of work my area in environmental restoration and it was kind of something i came across more so my sophomore year and then from that i've been doing it um a lot of work with the local conservation district um and with uh mediation along uh, there's a river that runs through strand the lackawanna river we've done a lot of work on that and like the trail it's like a running trail that runs along it uh, we've done a lot of native plant species reintroduction to the area because the area um pretty industrialized from the, the coal industry over the past hundred years. And a lot of that like has a lot of ripple effects. Like you wouldn't think about if you were looking like the river um, is shaped the way it is because it was channelized by the coal companies to make it like um, faster flowing and like more when, when you channelize it, you kind of like bring the extremities along the banks, like maybe like the low, like the low lying water areas. And you kind of just like bring the banks closer so that the water like flows not only faster but in a narrower strip right oh so like you're kind of eroding not eroding but you're, you're building upon the banks and like you don't have there's these things um this is getting really in depth there's these things called the riparian zone mm-hmm. uh, which is the area like where the water like meets like a shallow low-lying area where there'd be like tadpoles and stuff and then the bank like that's crucial for like river health and like uh Lake health, like all these like wetland areas, um, they're like really the sources of life, like along your like uh, ecosystems. And like a lot of what they did is you kind of just like built over it or like disregarded that. And so a lot of the, especially the river, the river is my biggest reference in regards to what we do, um, has been affected. And you kind of have to go back in there and readjust things to their native like preferences. you like so when when you get rid of those zones like that right like mm-hmm. you might have some trees that um their primary like protection was that area down there and then like the, the, maybe the trees like stopped growing and then they 
they stop shading the river and then the river gets hotter. Mm-hmm. And then when the river gets hotter, the fish can't spawn as much. So it's a whole huge ripple effect, right? And it's just like by adjusting certain things, you can really like recalibrate like a whole ecosystem to like kind of like bounce back. And wow. So, yeah, no, it's it's like small things. So, like we like plant a lot of trees like along the river. And um, you plant a lot of different trees because like especially with climate action, like planting trees is a great thing to like, you know, sequester carbon, which most people are familiar with. Um, but when you plant too many of the same kind, like you create a monoculture, which is something else we work on. There's so around the same time, people brought over this decorative plant. Uh, I think it started up in Connecticut, which is not too far from Pennsylvania. Uh, it's called Japanese knotweed, and it's like a bamboo-like structure, and it's like hollow on the inside, right? Mm-hmm. And there was it was like a decorative plant they brought over um, from Japan to just kind of like you know make areas look nice. I, like I the what I've been told, I don't know how accurate the story is, is that like some wealthy people brought it over and put it in their gardens. And it, it's so like competitive and it grows so quickly um, that it like outpaces the natural plants. Oh. So like it grows off. If you could picture like a ribosome, right? It's about the size of like maybe my thumbnail. Mm-hmm. Okay. Underground is like the seed. And then it grows in horizontal directions. So it grows outwards, like underground, like you don't see the root systems, like they're spreading out. And then at certain points, they will be like chunks almost, they'll grow vertically. And so it's like a web underground. So like you can like remove it, but it's not gone unless you get the, the, the real ribosome, like where it originated. Like I could be sitting here and then 20 feet away, it could be an outshoot. But if you don't get the ribosome, you don't get the plant. So it's just constantly regrowing. Like we, we, uh, remove a lot of it but a lot of it grows back some areas they've tried like doing like designated burns of areas or like chemical sprays which you run into a whole chain of issues with um but to get rid of it but what it does is it it preys on like vulnerable environments like uh areas where you've totally channelized and like redone the environment to where it's unbalanced and then that comes in and it totally takes over the landscape and then the remaining trees and stuff that you did have, it chokes them out and it outcompetes them. And you have like a whole monoculture of just like this Japanese knotweed along rivers. And it like, since there's no trees, like not a lot of natural trees, you get rid of a lot of like native species habitat. And then those small mammals die. Mm-hmm. And then the bigger mammals that preyed on them die. And it's just the whole, you know, degradation of the system. And it just kind of like collapses in on itself. You know what I mean? So you get rid of the Japanese knotweed. Um, for example, you plant other trees, the trees grow, small mammals live in those trees. The, the water gets cooler. It's a whole fascinating process that I could talk about for hours, and but that's pretty much the gist of it. Dude, that's that is some smart people shit right there. A lot of a lot of really intelligent, uh, willing people taught me that over the past couple of years. That is awesome, man. That is awesome. Thank you. Yeah, no, it's 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 intensive work. It's it's never ending because it's just like it grows back. You know what I mean? It's a mm-hmm. constant struggle. But yeah, no, it's something I'm very passionate about. Same thing with the uh, same thing with acting. So we, I currently have two movement classes with some of my professors, and unless you really get to the bottom of it, it is extremely abstract. Like literally, in one of my movement classes, we started from literally just repeating what one another says it's a technique called Meisner and essentially what it is is that you just repeat what I say 
and then I repeat what you say, and then we keep going back and forth until we notice something different. And then we build from that principle, uh, adding layers such as like noticing behavior, adding circumstances, adding an environment, adding personal relationships, and then just kind of build up to scenes that we do. And it's very, very complex and just absolutely amazing. Just kind of, you know, starting from that point and seeing where we can be vulnerable and where we can be authentic because at the end of the day that's really what we're trying to do we're just trying to be our authentic selves even if we're playing a character right because like we want to be real with it isn't there a thing correct me if i'm wrong my one friend was talking about this i, I know a lot of theater majors and my one friend was talking about uh what is it it's called typecasting typecast right? yes yes which is kind of like kind of like when you see someone play the same role in a bunch of different movies right exactly exactly and the thing with that is I have not been typecasted yet just because I think it's just taken me so long to kind of grow into myself. And, you know, I haven't even, I haven't reached my full potential yet, but I would say that like in the th past three years, I've definitely grown, matured, kind of found my gist in, you know, what I love about musical theater. And ever since then, I've been uh, kind of dabbling in, certain role types like uh, this past year especially was really where i felt like i showcased what i really have in the realm of musical theater i was in this one production called chicago where i played uh this character named amos who was constantly getting ignored and it was like you could look right through him it was uh, like a ghost like a ghost exactly exactly and then uh, literally months later i was in this uh kind of post-apocalyptic take on what post Wizard of Oz would be, and I played a mad uh, psychologist, like literally batshit crazy. And like, see, so I, I don't know, like, I've never been typecasted before, but I understand the mindset of like people who have been typecasted before. And you know, as much as you can land a lot of money doing that, at the end of the day, that's, I think, I would rather be in like maybe five productions but do completely different things than 20 doing the exact same thing because then it just gets boring well think about like robin williams like was he ever typecasted like he was in like comedies and dramas like i almost feel like no he was not i don't think he was like do, do you know what i mean like I, you definitely because that's a new thing to me like i've definitely seen that before i've been like oh this guy plays the same thing i don't know there's a name for it though but like so like are, are you, do you come from a point of view where it's like most people want to be typecasted or, like, do most people, like, not have a preference? Like, do you know what I mean? Because you're kind of, like, the way you're speaking of it, like, it kind of sounds like you're, like, like, you, you sound like you're from a perspective where most people want to be typecasted. But, like, I would almost see it as an advantage, like you're saying, like, to not be typecasted. Because then you could, like, if, if you're essentially, like, good at what you do, like, you can, like, go into a bunch of different, do, do you know what I mean? Like, a bunch of different Oh, roles. no, I 100% know what you mean. The common thing with, like, some of the greats that we know, like, I'm talking Al Pacino, Robin Williams, Robert De Niro, Denzel Washington. The thing with them is that they all have a range and diversity within the type of characters that they can play. And they put a spin on it. And I think the way I see typecasting is... You're, putting, you're being put into a box, essentially. You are being sheltered out from 
any other types of ways that you could possibly act in the future. And I mean, I think some people would be okay with it because, you know, they're just, they're just trying to make money and I can respect that. But me personally, I don't want to do that. Yeah. You're doing it more for like internal passion. Yeah. A hundred percent. One hundred percent. And that's why, like I've said, I've said to my parents so many times and even to friends, like I am okay with living in a apartment or in an apartment, like for the rest of my life. Like, cause I grew up, I grew up very privileged. Like both of my parents, successful doctors, like at any point I could work for them and I will be fine. But you know, I, I don't want to do that. And I've accepted the fact that like, it's very possible that not, no, not possible. It will happen that I will be, when I live in New York, I'm going to, you know, probably get another job as a waiter and perform. So most people do. That's yeah. No, doing something like that. I am under the understanding. Like I, that's a great place to be in because like I'm under the understanding what I've been told my, what I believe to be true at this point in my life is if you find something you're passionate and you work at it enough and you like pursue that enough, the money will follow. It's like, if you, because like if you're chasing something that doesn't captivate you, you're never, I mean, unless you really, like, I mean, like there's always an exception. Like I can't use the word never because it's like, it depends on the person. The person mm-hmm. is so like, let's just say like they came from a place where like money was their objective, like for all good intentions, like, you know, they grew up poor, like, someone that like is chasing money, like they will find it. Like, I think whatever, like if you have a passion, you pursue that passion, whatever it is, mm-hmm. like you, the money will follow. You know what I mean? Like if you yeah. work at something hard enough, like, I mean, but then like you, you could set examples of like, that doesn't come true. Like, um, of course you could like people who are like starving artists and stuff. But I mean, I, I, I don't know exactly how to ex- explain that half of it. Like that's a great like counter to it, but I mean, I've just, I think that at least for my, like in my context, like the stuff that I could see myself doing in the future, like I definitely think that if I pursued it, like I I would put that as a secondary, like I would, they would follow. Do you you know what I'm trying to say? Maybe it's contextually dependent. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I don't know. I'm not sure. But like, at least from my, my frame of view, you know what I mean? Yeah. All right. I have one final question and. The thing is now that I'm kind of in a new season of this podcast, usually what I would do is I would ask my guests, uh, what is your favorite thing about? And then I would, what I would say is that my high school, but I guess now that we're in a different place, I'll ask so far, what has been your favorite thing about USC? Well, in the past seven weeks, from what I've experienced, I I would have to say I, I really enjoy and I think it's really reassuring that like coming here, people are for like, I would say like almost everyone I've met so far, really, really open people. Like you, you, you have really friendly, like really like I've met some really good people here. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. I think that's definitely a concern when you started something new. Like, like, I'm like, you know, what are people going to be like? There? Like, it's a valid question. Like, cause you know, I, I'm only really starting to realize it's like every school like really does have their own like vibe. But I think people here are definitely very balanced. I mean, it can be intimidating at some points in time, right? Especially when you're behind on stuff. You're like, oh, hundred percent. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. I mean, people are work hard, play hard here. Like, I mean, Sunday through Thursday afternoon, people are on their grind, and then Thursday night through Sunday morning, like, 
it, it's party city. Like, I mean, mm-hmm. I, I really admire people's balance. And I, I think that there's a lot of genuine people here. Like most people you're going to meet are very genuine. Like they're focused, but like they're genuine. Like I, I know people in other places that like, you might not come across that, like that great overwhelming majority of people that are in that mindset. Like, you know, some people just might be too competitive and like, they might not, you know, know how to connect well, but like, I, people here definitely have their social and their academic lives, like at a good balance and a good place. And, mm-hmm. like, I, I don't know about you, but I'm definitely, that's definitely the, the best thing so far. And it's oh, so 100%. Oh, know? it's absolutely wonderful. Well, thank you so much for being the first guest at this new chapter. I'm honored. I really, oh, I really am. Thank you for having me. I really of appreciate course, it. Of course. And thank you all so much for listening. It's been great kind of coming back to start the podcast fresh and new again. And again, thank you, Mitch, for coming on. It meant a lot to me. You can listen to this episode on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many, many more. I expect to interview a lot more people these next few coming months. Uh, Hopefully, I'll get someone by next week. But until then, thank you so much for listening. Take care and peace. The Juicer Podcast was created on May 20th, where host Arjun Lakshman interviews students from CSR, USC, and beyond. He interviews these students about music that they've produced, musicals that they've been in, their major, their conservatory, etc. and etc. The Juicer Podcast can be found on platforms such as Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many, many, many others. The link will be in the description. The Juicer Podcast was made possible by contributions from viewers like you. Thank you. Thank you.